0: You're listening to the Keep Optimizing podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you've tuned in to the right podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast, and it's very, very cool to have so many of you tuning in every week. Um, it's it's brilliant, and it really inspires me to make this show as powerful for you guys as I can. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Val about welcome campaigns because this month is all about email marketing. Last week, we talked about how to increase signups to your email list. Very important topic. Um, So This week, what we're going to do is we're going to build directly onto that and we're going to take you through how to keep those people on your list, reduce your churn, and turn them into buyers because quite frankly, what is the point of putting someone on your email list if they don't very soon go on to actually Give you some cash and buy some great products. Val's going to be sharing her process for building the perfect welcome campaign. It's brilliant. It's so simple. Those of you who've been thinking I need a welcome campaign for months, years, etc., this is going to sort it for you. Honestly, this is really, really powerful stuff. You're going to love it. And I'm really excited to have Gaval on the podcast because she's been on my hit list ever since I started kind of planning this podcast, which was, you know, a good, good couple of years ago now. So it's very, very cool to finally have got her on here to help all of you guys with your email marketing. We are about to meet her in a second or two, but before we do, please check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K L A V I Y O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, today I'm chatting with email marketing expert Val Geisler. Val is the founder and chief email optimizer at Fix My Churn and an email obsessive. Val's been obsessed with helping e commerce businesses improve their email marketing performance for well over a decade. Hello, Val. Hiya, great to have you here. How did you get into email marketing? Oh,
1: well, email marketing found me um and it's kind of a joke in the email community. A lot of us say you know- non- nobody majored in email marketing um or you know that's like not it's very few people's like goal job. Um, but then you get assigned email when you work in some other marketing area or you're a developer and you're asked to build an email and um, and then you kind of fall in love with it. It keeps showing up in front of you. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was the first marketing hire at an uh, ESP. So I was learning like email service provider software. Um was learning email like, by working at a service provider uh, software company, and then I was the only marketing person on the team. And so I was also running our own email program. Um, you know, what does it look like when somebody joins our email list or takes a free trial or you know those kinds of things. So I was really learning email inside and out, not intending to like do anything with it, but just because it, uh, you know, it was there. And, um, and I just really loved it. Um, I loved seeing what other brands were doing because I worked at the ESP. I got to see what all of our clients were doing, all of our customers. And, um, so I got to see all the ways that they were winning and things that weren't working well. And then, uh, what I loved the most about email from a marketing perspective is it's the most direct channel. To your customers or your potential customers. Um, You know, we could spend money on ads and we could uh, host events and we could do all these things that um, was a bit more of a risk. You know, you're relying on an algorithm, you're relying on people paying for something. Email is free. It's, uh, you know, I've always. Considered my my own inbox to be kind of like my digital living room, um, like it's a place that I only let certain people in. I don't just sign up for every single email list I come across. Um, well, that's not true anymore, but <laughs> uh, you know, before I worked in email as a consumer, um, so you know, I I think like I kind of slowly fell in love with email as I realized there's this huge potential of direct basically one-to-one communication with your customers and potential customers. And you really have um, kind of full control over how that communication happens and how often it's seen. And other than, you know, deliverability, which is like a whole, it's like predicting the weather. You can know certain things for sure, but then other things are, you know, changes with the wind. Um, But there is this kind of comfort in knowing that you have a lot of control and that you can test all the time. Um, one thing I love about email is that it's never really done. Uh, you can't just set a campaign and walk away from it. Most of the people that I work with come to me and say, we wrote a welcome series uh, you know, two years ago when we started the brand and haven't touched it since. And I'm like, cool, let's go look at how that's performing. Like, do you know what your open rates are like? Do you know what your click through rates? Do you know how much money you're making off of those emails? Nope, they don't. So we go and look at the data and then can iterate and grow. And that's one of the things I love the most is that you can just constantly test and improve, 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 and only go like there's nowhere to go but up in email.
0: Oh, so true. And I think that's, hopefully we're going to help some people make their way up today because I would say, yes, the people you just mentioned hadn't looked at their welcome campaign in two years, but at least they built one. and I, I find that a lot of businesses fail to create an email welcome campaign because they don't know what to put in it. And that's what we're going to help them with today. And those of you who haven't looked at it in two years, this is going to help you too. So don't leave either. Keep listening because this is, this is such good stuff Val is going to be taking us through. Because you've got an amazing system to build the welcome email right. So what is it? How do we start? Take us through it. Well, let's start with defining welcome email because uh, it kind of means
1: different things to different people. Um, and when we're, what we're talking about here is that moment somebody joins your email list, but is not yet a customer. So when I worked in SaaS, that was like, they they started a free trial, but I've not paid for anything yet. In e-commerce, that looks like they signed up for your uh, 10% off coupon code or whatever you're offering in your opt-in pop-up. Um, and But they haven't made their purchase yet. So this is a huge area of opportunity in e-commerce. SaaS does it really well. And I think that one of the things that I noticed when I Made the shift. One of the reasons I made the shift from SaaS to e commerce was because there is so much that e commerce can learn from SaaS. And I encourage every e commerce shop owner, operator, you know, you use SaaS to run your business. So you're getting SaaS emails. You signed up for a free trial of Clavio or Shopify or what, you know, you had that first month. Um, go back through your emails and see what they sent you and what that cadence looks like and um, you know what resonated with you, what didn't. Because you are a customer of the people who are living what you can do in, e- in e-commerce. Um, so welcome in e-commerce is that moment from when they join your email list through until they make their first purchase. Um, the reason there's such an area of opportunity is because most brands have nothing there. Um, they own your email list, they get their coupon code, and then they get put onto what is often referred to, unfortunately, as the blast email list. I'm like using air quotes there. Um, because, And I say, unfortunately, because you should never, ever, ever, ever think about your list as something you blast. Um, your email list should be... Uh, segmented and uh, we should be sending messages that matter to our customers, um, not blasting them. So messages that matter to someone when they first join your email list are they they are at their highest point of interest in your brand other than the second that they make their purchase. Um, so they've just given you the keys to their living room, their digital living room by giving you their email address. And then most of us, uh, send, send the email with, okay, here's your coupon code. And then, um, now you just end up with our, like, here's our sales and our promos and, uh, and you get those regular emails moving forward. The alternative approach, which I promote is something I call the dinner party strategy. So dinner parties, uh, this was so much easier to talk about a year ago um <laughs> <laughs> I, we not in the last year but it's that potentially sometime in your life you have gone to a dinner party um or hosted a dinner party and you know you when you go to a dinner party it would be a very strange experience to show up the front porch light is off uh you can't really tell where you're going Um, they, you finally find the front door and it's winter and you're standing out in your, in your coat and you're cold and you stand there for a little while and you wait and it's like dark inside, but you know, this is the right place. You figure that out. And then you, they finally open the door and they have a full plate of dinners in their hands and a fork and they hand it to you before you've even stepped in the front door. (laughs) That would be a very strange
0: dinner party. I think I, I might leave if that happened to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and unfortunately that's what we're all doing in email. We're all showing up there. Our customers are showing up with, we have the lights off. Uh, we, they, they, they figure out how to get to where they need to go. And then, um, we open the front door and we say, here, here's our product. Buy from us. Enjoy it. And it's, yeah, they're gonna want to leave. Um, so if you think about like a kind of a proper dinner party, there's a bit of a framework to hosting a dinner party and you can apply this to emails as well. And I'll go over like kind of the overview and then we can dig in a bit. Um, but the idea is you, you there's a warm welcome. So the front porch light is on and uh, when you, when the door is opened, there's somebody greeting you offering to take your coat. And here's a glass of wine. And uh, let me show you around. This is where everyone is in the kitchen. Here's the bathroom. Have a seat. You know, that is a warm welcome at a dinner party. And that's what we can do in email too. I'll tell you how in just a bit. The second thing that happens is there's usually appetizers. Like I said, you had that drink offered. Um, There might be something on a tray sitting on a coffee table. Maybe there's little snacks in the kitchen where everyone's gathered. Um, But there's some kind of appetizer that's not yet the main meal. Then everybody kind of migrates to the table and the meal is served. But it's not just a giant plate of steaks. Um, and nothing else. There are potatoes and green beans and all t- kinds of different side dishes. So you have the main entree and side dishes are served and you have your meal. It's a full meal and everybody has a great time. There's dessert afterwards at the best dinner parties in my opinion. Um, so something really sweet and something that's like a nice bonus on this wonderful meal you've just had. And then i um, hopefully everyone had a great time and there's an invite to come back. So this host wants to keep hosting monthly dinner parties and have everybody back because they had a great time. Um, so you can do all of those things with email. That's a very different dinner party than showing up with a plate of food shoved into your face.
0: Very different. So um, we've got the, the six parts. We've got the welcome, the appetizers, the main course, the side dishes, the dessert, and then the invite back. And um, Before we get into all of those, one quick extra question for you, Val, which is I often say to people when I'm talking about welcome emails that one of the great things about them is you don't have to create all six before you put them live, having just one of them just, you know, put them live as you build them and build them in order. Would you agree?
1: I think so. Um, in some cases, if you have emails that tie together to each other and you need both, then set them live together. Um, but the idea here is like, yeah, it's six emails. I'm not asking you to build a like 26 email sequence. Um, this is six emails. They're simple too. They're they're much simpler than most people think, um, and they're pretty quick to put together. So I've had people um I've talked about the dinner party strategy in depth at various conferences and um events. Remember those? And <laughs> um, and I've had people, you know, actually at a conference, I spoke on the first day. And then the next morning somebody came up to me and he said that the night before that, he in his hotel room implemented the emails that wow. I had walked him through um I had a little pdf download which I can share with you guys
0: too oh yes we will we will definitely let you guys know where you can grab that
1: He grabbed the pdf and just did it that night
0: so it's it's not
1: something that like yeah because my thing with email is get something live something it doesn't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. you have to get something out there so that you can start collecting data and know what's working and what's not working you can always improve your design, improve your uh, layout, improve your copy. You, you know, All those optimization elements can come into play once it's live. There's no point in sitting and continually optimizing something that you have no data on how it's performing because you might be trying to make something better that just isn't working.
0: Yeah, because there's kind of like those two procrastinations that stop people from getting, getting these welcome campaigns done. One is wanting it to be perfect, which is kind of one of the reasons I say some Just get one out. (laughs) We don't need the 20 part series. But as you know, what's even more important is to have an idea of what to say. And I think that's what this dinner party strategy is so great at. It breaks it down into six emails with six roles. And as you're about to take us through, almost templates for what should be in them. Hence, um, as you say, that guy at the conference. Kudos to him for doing it overnight. That is that is properly cool. So let's let's help everyone get rid of the procrastination of what do I put in my welcome campaign? And let's start off with with number one, the welcome. Yeah. So your welcome emails are
1: um, just that. It's literally just a welcome. It is not an asking them to buy anything. It's not. Uh, so you've delivered that coupon code, and maybe in your welcome email you might remind them of that. Here's that coupon code, but that is not the focus of this email.
0: So they've had the email that says, we've got your email address. Here's your coupon code. This is the one after that.
1: Yep. Yeah, this is after that. It's typically um, maybe later that same day or the very next day. And it is, I love to make this a welcome from the founder of the company. So this is, these, the other thing about dinner parties is that they are not hosted by robots or by brands. They are hosted by human beings. Um, and so you have to put a human being behind your brand. Uh so I encourage this welcome email to be from the founder. So from email address on you know in the in the inbox it says Jamie at whatever the brand is you know um, and then the whole email is from Jamie in Jamie's voice uh, telling the story of why the brand started. Maybe you tell a little bit of the story of if your brand is doing some kind of giving back program. you can talk about that there. Um, but just a very brief, hello, welcome, a way for them to connect. And so the other thing about the welcome is yes, you are talking about the history of the brand and it's from a person, but it is not at all about you. Mm -hmm. It is a hundred percent about them, why they came to the brand. Um, so if it's a skincare brand and the founder was, you know, making their own skincare products in their kitchen, it's not about that. It's about, the reason it became a brand is because that founder heard from other people who were experiencing the same issues that they were. So the the personalization is secondary to what matters to the customer, but it's still just a friendly welcome. Um, some of the best ones I've seen have a little video from the founder, and they're very you know you don't have to produce highly produce a video. The best ones are like. Kind of facetime-esque videos of just somebody sitting and maybe you even record it on your phone at w- just to make it as real as possible um but just something very uh, human and connecting that's it that's all that goes in that email like i said maybe a ps about by the way i know we sent you a coupon code here's a reminder just in case
0: very much secondary yes there's no real call to action in this email it's just here's more information about us yes Um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't put
1: buttons in this email. I wouldn't put, um, I mean, you can put links like in your, uh, you know, your brand logo, something like that. You can link to your site, but I wouldn't put a a bunch of call to actions in this email. It's simply building relationship. The second email, the appetizers. Now this is where you can start to kind of talk about the, the brand a bit more. This is where you lean into that social giving back program that you have. This is where you talk about um, your your the practices in your factories if you're really proud of that. Um, this is where you start to tell another customer's story, someone who has had success with your brand. That's the second email. And that usually comes a day or two after that welcome email. Third email. So this is actually the fourth email they're getting from you because they had that coupon code email. So, But the third email in the dinner party strategy is that entree. So this is the product email. So your third email from that you send to them, three or four days after they've signed up for your email list is when you talk about your product. This is where you get to let the product shine. Um, this is where you get to be really personal with them about what matters to them maybe there was a when they signed up they signed up on a particular landing page and you know what that was um or they signed up in you know on their sign up they checked a box that said what they were most interested in there could be different ways that you might have segmented your list and you can create content based on that if you didn't do that if you don't know what they're interested in if you have over a 1000 SKUs in your shop, and you've no idea what they're there for, there's probably an overarching theme of your products, um, or a particular audience that you're targeting. So uh, talk about bestsellers, um, talk about uh, the things that go out of stock all the time. Um, you know, make this as evergreen as possible for yourself. So you don't want this email to be something that's like, here's all of our new things or, um, you know, something that you have to like constantly update. Of course, we can always pull data, but um, make it simple. Um, but this is where you get to focus on your product. Then uh, you have, so we talked about appetizers, entrees, side dishes. So, side dishes are, um, you know, we talked about best sellers. Here are some of the products that people really love that you might not notice right away. Um, or maybe you only have one or two products and you've just talked about it in the last email. Here are some of the ways, like the the ways you wouldn't think to use our product that people are thinking are, are doing with it.
0: In this, in this, um, this side dishes one. If we've got, if we yeah. are a brand, you know, kind of got, we've got this core range. We talked about it in the in the main courses, the entrees, number three. Yeah. Then for this number four, the side dishes, might we use because uh, you know we know it's, there's a lot of talk about user generated content at the moment. Is this the point at which we might put in a couple of customer stories about how they've used the product in odd ways or how it's worked for them? Could this be, if we've not got many products, our UGC one. I love UGC
1: as much as possible. Um, I think the best way to tell the story of your brand is through other people. I don't want to hear from a brand about how wonderful their product is. Of course they think that. I want to hear from other people who are using it, who had the same problems that I had, um, you know, who are using the same words to describe it as I would use. So both appetizers and side dishes are a great place for UGC. Um, but yeah, tell, tell what I like about this kind of, once you've introduced the product, then you can kind of start to talk about, you know, all the different ways you can use this product or, um, or like I said, you know, here are some kind of unsung heroes of our product lineup, um, things that our most devoted customers love that most people don't notice right away, you know? Um, so you're kind of telling that story of them becoming, a devoted customer.
0: I like that because it, it, you know, going back to kind of the brand who've got a thousand SKUs, which, you know, I, I always imagine about half the audience have got three SKUs and the other half have got a thousand, Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you usually want to, you've got one problem or the other problem and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but I love that idea of the main course. You kind of focus in on the best sellers, those evergreen products, the ones which new customers frequently buy. And I love the fact you kind of got the side dishes to kind of pick up the outliers. You know, there's those weird niches, lovely, lovely niches, uh, weird customer groups who buy strange things or, or who, you know, that kind of second option, which just didn't fit in that many. But I love the fact it's kind of like the, the side dish element. I'm really loving that.
1: Yeah. Or like, um, maybe you have, you know, in that l- multiple SKUs business you offer some kind of bundle and there's a product that, you know, people are always adding on to their bundle. Right. Or there's like this thing that everybody throws this in their cart at the last minute. And so we just want to tell you about it up front. Um, that kind of thing where you're helping them see themselves as a customer and, and then also seeing themselves as this, like part of a group There's, you know, we all want this sense of belonging and now more so than ever. And we can really lean into that as brands and say, like, you do belong here. And here's this, this kind of quiet little group of very strong customers who, um, who love this particular product. And you can be part of that group too. And you get their like insider information here from us. We're going to just tell you all of our secrets
0: nice okay and then we we've got dessert next
1: yeah and i just wanted to say if you do have three skews um and you feel like well i don't have anything else to talk about i've already talked about everything in the appetizer and the entree um that's where you just keep telling customer stories about successes and um you you know you really lean on the fact that like hey we we specialize in these particular products for a reason and here are all of our happy customers and all of the, the ways that um, they've used the product and seen success. So it's not, I don't want people to feel like I don't have any more stories to tell. You have more stories to tell. It's just different ways that customers are using your product um, because not everyone is using it the exact same way or for the exact same purpose.
0: Nice. Love it. Okay. Dessert?
1: Uh, dessert. Yeah. Um, so dessert is um it can be a lot of different things. It is not, however, <laughs> your affiliate or referral program, um, or even your rewards program for that matter, uh, because they have not made a purchase yet. Save all of that for post-purchase. Um save talking about your affiliate or a referral program. Don't even do it immediately post-purchase. This is kind of a side tangent, but like do it farther down the line. That's a retention play. It's not, they don't even have the product in their hands yet. Why are they going to go tell people about it? Anyways, back (laughs) to dessert. Um, Dessert is for those, I mean, dessert is like, it's a sweet treat. So what do you offer as a brand that's a sweet treat for them? Um, Do you have free expedited shipping? Uh, like upgraded hey you can actually choose two-day shipping for free from us we no one else offers that except for amazon um do you have a facebook group of customers where you can maybe you're a food company and there's a nutritionist who's in there you know who drops videos every tuesday or something um that you you know a lot of brands have these kinds of groups and they don't even think about emailing people about them (laughs) um so a Facebook group, um, it could be, um, again, it's another opportunity to talk about, uh, ways that you give back. Um, so if you are Bombas and you give a pair of socks for every pair of socks purchased, you can talk about that there. Um, you, you know, there are all different things. Like every brand is doing something different.
0: Oh, could this be an opportunity to talk about our commitment to sustainability? So we use special packaging, or could it be an opportunity? Oh, I had another really good one there and it just went. Where did it go, Chloe? Uh could it be an opportunity to talk to talk about a blog or a video series or some, some awesome piece of content? Yes. Um, or even if you don't
1: have any of that on your own, maybe you as the founder have been on a podcast or been interviewed on a webinar series, and that content is available online somewhere, you can link to that there. Um, So you're giving them different ways to interact with your brand. um, And different ways, again, to feel like they're part of a community and that they know who is behind this brand, um, who buys from this brand, and what kind of impact it has. So yeah, um, so yeah, you could you could even take the opposite route of this like expedited shipping thing and say, hey, we actually don't offer expedited shipping um, because we care about the environment, and you know, here's why it's going to take longer to get your product, um, and what we're doing with that impact we're making on the environment.
0: And that brings us to the last of this one, guys. How simple is that all sounding? It's brilliant. Yeah, we're already on the last one. So tell us about the last one, the last one, invite back. So we
1: are asking them to make their first purchase at this point. So the invite back is, um, now if they've, if they've made their purchase, then they've already gotten off of this welcome sequence and they've gone on to your first post first purchase. Sequence. Uh, if you're building flows, you want to make sure you're moving people off of flows when they take a certain action and on to the next one. Um, but if they've made it this far and they still haven't made a purchase, then directly invite them to do so. Um, you know, in, invite them to, uh, if you have three SKUs in your store, you can actually even show a GIF of, uh, you know, here's where you go when you click, and then you make two more clicks. And you're done. Like that's how simple our checkout is. You can show off your checkout process. Um, you can you can also do a coupon reminder if that coupon code is still valid. You can give them a reminder of it there. Um, you can offer an incentive to an additional incentive to make a purchase. Um, you know, maybe it's and of course this is you know it's automated so. Um, You would want to make sure you tag them properly, but maybe anyone who gets that email, they have a bonus gift added to their cart. Um, Something like that. Something that's a direct invite to make a purchase. I don't think you need to discount or add gifts every single time, but sometimes you just need to straight up ask. Like, hey, um, this is... You know this is our opportunity especially if they've clicked through from other emails and they're definitely showing interest they've opened every single email in the welcome sequence they are showing interest in your brand and sometimes they just need someone to invite them to take action the alternative here is to invite them to talk to you um, so if you don't feel comfortable asking people to spend money which I think you've got other works that I can't help you with to do. Um, (laughs) If you run a brand and you have to ask people to spend money. Um, But you can also, you could invite them to talk to you. You can invite them to reply to that email and ask questions. Now everybody says, oh, we don't want any more inbound emails. And I think that is the absolute wrong approach to your marketing plan. Um, If you are pushing back on getting more inbound emails, then we need to address something else in your business because you should welcome inbound, especially when it's questions from potential customers. So that's the other invite that you can offer is invite them to get in touch with you. Um, Make it as simple as possible. Don't ask them to fill out a form. Don't ask them to, um, you know, you're sending, first of all, don't ever send from a no reply email address, but maybe you're asking them to like email this particular email address. No, make it a reply to that email. Um, Don't ask them to log onto your site and talk to a chat bot. (laughs) <laughs> Do all the things like just make it as simple as possible. Invite them to hop into the Facebook group again, and uh, you know talk to us there. Maybe your founder or someone on your team has open office hours every Thursday at two p.m. Eastern. Offer that, um, you know, some way for them to get in touch with you. So either ask them to make purchase or ask them to talk to you, uh, and that's the invite back. That's the last email of the welcome sequence. Then be, they're either on that fo- first post purchase. Uh, sequence, or they are then added to the main email list, which then gets promos and all those regular emails. Um, But you've at least built relationship here, where now when you show up in their inbox, they're not like, who is this? Or, um, Or like, oh, this is that brand that only ever sends me promos and coupon codes. And this is that discount brand. And we all know that those discount brands in our inboxes. I'm never excited to open those emails because I know what's going to be inside. But now when I've had a relationship built with a company and each email has been a little bit different, I don't know what might be in the next email, so I'm going to open it. Um, And which then tells my inbox to keep sending emails and it does all kinds of good things for your deliverability and um, showing up in the inbox. So uh, welcome sequences are really important for a number of reasons, but mainly to build relationship because we're all... uh, inundated with choices every single day. And I have not in my 10 plus years of running a business met anyone who doesn't have someone else in their space. Um, you know, there's another person selling the same kind of thing that you sell. Of course, it's not as wonderful and perfect as your thing. Um, but there is another person listening to this podcast who sells the same thing that you do to the same target market that you do. So if they go and implement this and you don't, then it's likely that that, customer will choose them over you because they feel a close relationship with that brand.
0: Nice. Val, that was a brilliantly made pitch for doing the Welcome Campaign and an awesome system as well. Um, so anyone who's listened to this, who, ha- who puts it in place, and we'll give you the link shortly for where you can download a guide to it, we want to hear from you. So do, do get back to us and let us know. Um, okay. We're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of email marketing. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com masterplan. That's klaviy dot masterplan. Okay Val, so far we've gone deep into welcome campaigns. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole world of email marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with email marketing, which does of course include welcome campaigns. Val, are you ready for these?
1: I'm ready and I'm going to challenge myself to be as brief as possible because there is a big world of email marketing. So (laughs) I'm going to try and make it as uh, digestible as possible. I love it.
0: Okay. Let's start with email marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step today, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
1: That you're always going to be testing. So you get something live and grab the data and then improve. Don't worry about making it perfect. Just make it live.
0: That's something even those of us who've been doing it for years need to remember. (laughs) Um, Okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve email marketing performance? Oh, I love to test um, long
1: emails versus short emails. And typically that looks like more like text driven is shorter and then uh, more images included is longer. And so kind of
0: look at what your customers
1: respond to more text or images. Very cool.
0: Um, if someone listening wants to learn more about email marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend? Oh gosh. Uh, there's so many. Um,
1: I, my favorite blog for all things email is Litmus, uh, L-I-T-M-U-S. They have a great blog full of wonderful content and they put out reports all the time and all of it's free. Uh, the cost is your email address. Which almost
0: feels free. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What is coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in email marketing?
1: Well, it's already happening, this uh, push for personalization. Um, and personalization is not just adding somebody's first name in an email. It's segmenting and um, sending content that's specific to what they have expressed interest in. So you, you, I would, if you're going to learn about anything in email, I would learn about segmenting as much as possible. I love
0: that. I'm clearly going to have to tell all the guests to aim for brevity because those tips were like boom just spot on those, I wish I had Rapid sound fire. effects right now <laughs> Really, really good. Right. New guys, guys, guys listening, if you like that too, let me know and I will start enforcing it (laughs) or trying to on the guests. Well, look, Val, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let us know where they can find more about the dinner party party strategy, because I know you've got an awesome download, but also where they can uh, get in touch with you and your business on the web and social, please. Yeah, for sure. So I want to start by saying, you know, I did start in SaaS. And like
1: I said, at the beginning, there's so much that e-commerce can learn from SaaS. And I'm saying that because there's a download for the dinner party strategy that goes into much more detail than we did today. And and even more, there's subject line information in there. There's so much in this download. It's at fixmychurn.com slash T-D-P-S for the dinner party strategy. The examples in that download are SaaS examples. And I did that on purpose. So don't be confused when you're there as an e-commerce brand. Um, You're in the right place. Just know that I'm pushing you out of your comfort zone of seeing e-commerce things all the time because you can do things like SaaS brands do and in a really powerful way. Um, It helps you actually stand out in the e-commerce crowd.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay, cool. So fixmychurn.com forward slash T-D-P-S.
1: Yes. And then I'm on Twitter at love Val Geisler. And I do want to know if you're implementing this and how it's going. Um, so come find me. I'm on Twitter all the time. So uh, come say hi.
0: Marvelous work. Val, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your strategy. I know it's going to help a lot of people get off the fence and finally put that welcome campaign in place or massively improve it one or the other. <laughs> yeah, so, go do work. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So there you go, everyone. The straightforward system for massively improving or for creating your first proper welcome campaign to turn all those marvellous email signups into paying customers because that's, after all, what we're aiming for. And I know, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for those of you out there who are going, oh God, the welcome campaign, how do I do this? Because I know they're tough. Anyone who's seen mine. At the time of recording this, at any rate, knows ours isn't great because it's it's these are tough to do. I'm hoping that by the time this episode goes out, I'll have actually sorted it out because um, there's no no excuse not to, quite frankly. Well, you can get the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. And as part of my mission to help you improve your email marketing, I've invited our specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of the month. It's going to be your chance to get your email marketing questions answered. So, To be part of that, get yourself registered at keepoptimizing.com. There you'll find a link to our webinar and there you can sign up for free uh, and then come and join us um, having a laugh, a giggle, most probably um, quite a debate about what's going on in email and of course, answering your questions. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. I know that email marketing is a really popular topic, so do make sure you also check out our first series of email marketing focused episodes. Um, We did did those last year, the episodes one, two, three, four, and five, which makes them super easy to find. And If you really liked today's episode about welcome campaigns, I think you'll really like episode five where I'm chatting with Kurt Elster um, about all kinds of different automation flows. So getting the tech to do the work for you. And of course, please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many of them and as many of you as possible to improve the performance of your marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.